President Biden is thinking fast. And that is the subject of this evening's Talking Points memo. There is no question about it. So on July 8th, um, President Biden was talking about abortion, reproductive rights, all of that. And uh, he made a pretty significant mistake on the teleprompter. Why am I telling you this? Because everybody makes mistakes on the teleprompter. Now, the teleprompter is a little gadget that goes right in the middle of the television camera. And it's got the words that you're supposed to say. I do not use a teleprompter on this program. Everything I say to you is coming from here, not from the television camera's teleprompter. Now, when I did Fox News, I did use a teleprompter because we had to hit all kinds of commercial breaks at a certain moment. We had to be very precise in our timing, and I used it. So most broadcasters use a teleprompter. Most politicians use a teleprompter now, and a lot of entertainers, singers in particular, with lyrics of songs, they use a teleprompter. Okay? Now, the teleprompter is designed to simply make sure the information you have is put out to the people listening to you in a very sensible way. It's a very simple concept. Now, Joe Biden does not write anything he says. Donald Trump didn't write. Barack Obama didn't write. I don't know about Bill Clinton or W. I don't think W wrote. But all of them edited. So they were handed a speech or remarks, and they went over, and Trump used a magic marker. And and they edited stuff that they wanted in and wanted out. And that was put into the teleprompter. Okay? Now, Biden doesn't do either of that. Okay? Why? I don't know. So he's reading words, what they call in a business, cold. He rehearses the words before he goes on. So he'll go through the teleprompter one or two times. But he doesn't know if the teleprompter goes dark, for example, which happens. He doesn't know what the speech is because he didn't write it and he can't memorize it. Okay, so that sets up. The soundbite I'm going to show you, again, it happened on July 8th. Go. One of the most extraordinary parts of the decision, in my view, is the majority rights, and I quote, women, I'm just a quote now from the majority, women are not without electoral or political power. It is noteworthy that the percentage of women who register to vote and cast a ballot is consistently higher than the percentage of the men who do so, end of quote. Repeat the line. Women are not without electoral and or political or, or maybe precise, not and or or political power. That's another way of saying that you, the women of America, can determine the outcome of this issue. OK, so he says, repeat the line, not supposed to say repeat the line. That was an instruction. OK, so he basically going through this in a way that he's not quite sure how it all comes out. And this is his modus operandi. Now, here's the danger. If the president of the United States doesn't know what message he wants to deliver, other people are messaging him. 
They're telling him what to say and how to do it. Okay? And that's frightening because the president should be the one making the final calls. And he's not. Now, there are a whole bunch of polls I'm going to give you in a moment that show that Joe Biden has lost the confidence of almost everybody. There isn't anybody paying attention in America that has confidence in this man. It's almost like Boris Johnson. We went over that last week. He had to quit in Britain as prime minister because nobody had any confidence in him. And he wasn't nearly as befuddled as Joe Biden. So people say, well, what about the 25th Amendment? You know, you remove him, you remove him, you remove him. No, because the White House physician is in charge of basically assessing every president's health, including Biden. And here's what he said. Okay, this is Kevin O'Connor on November 19th, 2021. Quote, President Biden remains a healthy, vigorous 78-year-old male who is fit to successfully execute the duties of the presidency to include as chief executive head of state and commander-in-chief, unquote. Well, that's it. So you can't remove Biden with his physician saying he can do the job. And I expect that Mr. O'Connor, Dr. O'Connor, will continue to do that no matter what happens, because he likes his job. Okay. So the same thing happened to Ronald Reagan after he was shot by the assassin, almost died. And that's why I wrote Killing Reagan for two reasons. To show you that for a while, Ronald Reagan could not govern. He couldn't. And the vice president did not take over. That would be Bush the elder. He didn't take over. All right. For a few minutes he did, but not really. And the 25th Amendment was in play. Now, when I wrote that in Killing Reagan, a lot of people like Reagan went, got very upset, but it's absolutely true. But they didn't do it because Reagan had what they call good and bad days. And then, and I use this word miraculously, literally, Reagan made an astounding comeback. Remember, he was shot in the first few weeks of his election in 1980. 1981, he was shot, but in the first few months of his term, he was shot. By the end of his term, he was a little befuddled, too, because he had oncoming Alzheimer's. But in between, he governed very, very well, this country, in my opinion. So anyway, that's why I wrote that book and to, to lay it all out. So let's get to the polling. This is a New York Times-Siena College poll, 849 registered voters, small sample, but it's fair. Democrat, 30. Republican, 29. Independent, 35. Uh, first question, do you think Democratic Party should renominate Joe Biden as the party's candidate for president? 24. Do you think the party should nominate a different candidate? Okay. 26% want Biden nominated again. 26%. That's it. Okay. 64% say it's somebody else. <laughs> I mean, come on. And now, do you think the United States is on the right track or the wrong track? Right track, 13. Wrong direction, 77 so everybody, even the dim people, know what's going on. Do you approve or disapprove of the way Biden's handling his job? Approve 33, all-time low. Net disapprove 60. By party, approve 70 for Democrats. Approve 8 for Republicans. Approve 26 for independents. But independents have a 68% disapproval rate. That's in. It's over. It's over for Joe Biden. As I told you, I've told you this from, I don't know, April. He's not coming back. It is an astounding rejection 
of his presidency right now. So I asked a guy who knows the uh, Justice Department as well as anybody in this country, Brett Tallman, former U.S. attorney for Utah, to make some calls over the weekend, investigate what the deuce is going on. And we've got three major things we want to talk about here. Um, the first one is um, basically the October 6th committee making noise that the uh, information they've compiled, of course, unchallenged, will lead to an indictment of Donald Trump for conspiracy or whatever. What's your assessment of that, Brett? You know, we, we have been hearing that the committee has been making, wanting to make uh, a referral to, to the Department of Justice. I can tell you, Bill, that it is uh, a very short list of instances ever that the Congress has successfully referred anyone for prosecution. Um, here you have the ultimate challenge of trying to prosecute the president who is alleged at the time he was president to have committed these crimes. There's so many issues and problems with it. I think it's more show than it is anything else. But you have a DOJ that is politically, um, you know, bent on trying to, to maintain the same messaging that the executive branch, the White House, is, is yeah, coming no up with. Yeah, about that. On know? every issue, Garland echoes Biden. But I have not heard of any FBI agents actively investigating Donald Trump, and I would know because I have access to him, on anything. There haven't been any FBI uh, visits, haven't been any subpoenas for documents, haven't been anything. What does that indicate to you if the FBI has done nothing? What does that indicate? Well, first of all, it indicates the challenge that they have to try to investigate a, a sitting president, you know, uh, these allegations. It's very clear if they were taking them seriously, a grand jury would have been impaneled. Already, that would be the only way that. Right. What's Already that? a grand yeah. jury would be up and running. That's correct. Now, That's correct. it is possible after the October 6th committee wraps up uh, whatever dog and pony show they have planned for us in July, because they're not going to extend it into the fall. Um, that the FBI then would take their data and do something. Isn't that possible? It is possible. I think that they will receive it. Um, I think Chris Ray has, an, has a, a very difficult challenge ahead of him because he's going to have a lot of political pressure to, to push that investigation forward. Merrick Garland will have considerable political pressure. The problem, though, is that the law and the facts don't support a, a criminal investigation. And, and, and it clearly doesn't. And you're going to hear from individuals that have been in the Department of Justice on both sides of the political aisle indicate as much. All right. Um, the second uh, troubling issue is uh, basically the, I don't know, let me put this. It doesn't seem like the Hunter Biden situation it's two years since the grand jury has been impaneled in, in Delaware. It doesn't take two years to do this kind of investigation. So I'm saying that this is just phony, this whole Hunter Biden thing. How do you see it? Yeah, the concern I have, Bill, is when you have already put witnesses in front of the grand jury, you're supposed to request that the grand jury, once they've heard from all the witnesses, to vote on whether or not to indict. And, and they put witnesses many, many months ago in front of the grand jury. 
So the question really is, do they ever intend to? Because I, I've never seen it take this long from the time they had witnesses in front of the grand jury to when the prosecutor says, okay, you have the case now, grand jury, now go and vote on whether or not an indictment should come. Yeah, the prosecutor is a guy named David Weiss, Delaware's U.S. attorney. But this looks phony to me because, as you said, it doesn't take two years. It's not that complicated a case. Either Hunter Biden broke international laws or dodged taxes or he didn't. And two years now, is it possible that these because the grand jury members, they have to come. They get paid, by the way, they're regular folks. They're in panel on a grand jury. Two years. Yep. Is that possible? Have you ever seen anything like that? You know, I, I have not seen anything like that. I will tell you that the Department of Justice policy is, is that you charge your highest provable offense and you do so as quickly as possible. In yeah, this that would instance, be, that Bill, would be tax evasion because that would be tax evasion. And they could have, that's right. right. They could have brought that case long ago. And, and in fact, I would have brought that case in order to get him to cooperate on the, the other lines of the investigation and wrap right. it all up. You know, I think this is this indicates that the Justice Department is corrupt. You know, if you put the October 6th stuff and you put the Hunter Biden stuff on the table and now the third one, which is the leaker inside the Supreme Court. Again, it doesn't take that long. There's only a few people who had access to Alito's files. Maybe what? Six? Five? Come on. The, the yeah, the universe, I mean, the leaker is very frustrating because a lot of this is Justice Roberts, if he had referred it to the Department of Justice, uh, they would they have a politically sensitive prosecution and investigation unit that would have gone to bat immediately and started to seize all computers, hard drives, copy them, copy phone hard drives. They would be able to know instantly who the leaker is and could have brought that case and, and really given a lot of transparency. Roberts didn't make that referral. Instead, the U.S. Marshals were tasked with finding the leaker. And that's who's investigating the U.S. Marshals, which seems to me I don't, I don't have any confidence U.S. Marshals can do this kind of investigation. Do you? I don't because they don't have subpoena power. Um, in this instance, you would need a grand jury in order to subpoena the, the documents or the records. So what, what it seems as though they're wanting to do is have volunteers come forward to cooperate. Yeah, I get and, it. And that's, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's so, not going to happen. Look, I'm not a conspiratorialist. You know that. I knock down those conspiracy theories on a yep. daily basis. But this one, it looks like Merrick Garland, the attorney general of the United States, is running a very corrupt outfit in the Justice Department. Very, very serious situations are either being ignored or uh, we're being misled, the public's being misled, and we never get any updates from anything. But I wouldn't be surprised if Garland does something to Trump, particularly uh, before the November election, the midterm election. See, I think they may be holding back some Trump stuff to try to get the Democrats in a better position in November. Again, it's not a conspiracy, I'm basically doing a speculation based on what we know. Final question for you. Is it really possible the Justice Department could be this corrupt? Is that possible? 
Well, look at the double standard bill and contrast. You know, I've been told that part of the reason the Hunter Biden case has not been brought is because of a memo that the Department of Justice has put that said they don't want to influence elections with their prosecutions. And then you're right, we're going to see them do that very same thing when it comes to Trump and the Republicans because they're concerned about the upcoming election. And, you think and so happen. when you see a double standard, that's corruption. When you see a double standard in the Department of Justice, that's that's the definition, I think, to the public of what corruption is, is, is applying the law in a way that is inconsistent based on the politics. All right. So you think it's very possible that Trump something could happen in October regarding him in the October 6th committee. Yeah, I would predict that what they do is an announcement that they are digging into the January 6th uh, recommendations and that they are going to subpoena documents and, and witnesses and they're going to pursue the investigation. And that might be enough for them to do, you know, as much as they can with this election coming up. All right. Thank you, Brad. We appreciate it. One correction, I kept saying October 6th committee, it's January 6th committee. I'm sorry, I'm like Joe Biden, I need a teleprompter. Ah, January 6th, O'Reilly. Sorry for that error. Uh, I wanna remind you all about uh, 85% of the American press endorsed Joe Biden. Have you heard a sorry? (laughs) I haven't. And then some very, very big names also endorse Biden, but they're kind of silent now. Roll the tape. The kind of leadership that's guided by knowledge and experience, honesty and humility, empathy and grace. That kind of leadership doesn't just belong in our state capitals and mayor's offices. It belongs in the White House. And that's why I'm so proud to endorse Joe Biden for president of the United States. The values I learned growing up in the South Bronx and serving in uniform were the same values that Joe Biden's parents instilled in him in Scranton, Pennsylvania. I support Joe Biden for the presidency of the United States because those values still define him and we need to restore those values to the White House. I have never publicly endorsed a presidential candidate or a vice presidential candidate in my life, over my career. So I figured let's kick this conversation off this way by me officially uh, publicly endorsing you both uh, to become president and vice president of our great country. Oh, that's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. It means a great deal to us, for real. All right. I don't mind people endorsing people. I never do. My old adage is if I endorse somebody, then the next day they'll be in prison. Okay, so I'm not endorsing anybody. My job is to watch them all. Watch every single one of them so they don't hose you. So uh, Obama, Powell, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. It's a catastrophe. Are you sorry you endorsed Joe Biden? Right? I mean, now, Colin Powell passed away, so that can't happen. Obama, he knows what a screw-up Biden was and is. But he'll never admit it. But The Rock, you know, I I mean, I'd love to see a statement. I met him one time, very, a gentleman. Had a good conversation with him. Um, Not a a crazy guy. I could have given you the crazy people. Uh, Look, 
when you have a party, the Democrats, allied with the corporate media, that's powerful. And they screwed up. They're, Biden is, is going to continue to hurt all of us. Things are not going to get better here. He cannot govern. End of story. But it isn't the end of the story. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the largest online nursery in the USA? With more than 10,000 plant varieties and millions of satisfied customers. I have their trees and plants at my home, and they're fantastic. Have you had your fair share of landscaping woes and wasted weekends at crowded nurseries? Finding fast-growing trees will be like stumbling upon a hidden treasure, believe me. With fast-growing trees, it's different. From fruit trees to houseplants, they have it all delivered right to your doorstep. Plus, their plant experts are always available for advice. And here's the best part. This spring, they have up to half off on select plants. And my audience can get a extra 15% off by using promo code Bill at checkout. So please go to fastgrowingtrees.com. Use promo code Bill at checkout. Okay. Now, because of all of this bad news, Americans, some of them, are just receding. All right. This is from Axios, which is a website. Okay. So this is data compared first half of 2022 to last year, 2021. Social media interaction with news articles down 50%. Wow. That's a good thing. So people are not lapping up the propaganda on the internet anymore. Cable news, primetime viewership down 19%. Now, Fox News is maintaining, but the others are collapsing. And unique visits to top five news sites on the internet, again, down 18%. So the percentage of respondents to a Reuters Institute annual digital news report said they avoid news now, this year, 42%. Avoid it. That's not smart. That's not living a smart life. Now, I understand that most of what you hear and see is not true. And that distresses me. I can't even tell you how much it does. But if you recede, you're going to get hammered worse. So spread the word about the no spin news. We have millions of people around the world. So worldwide broadcast now. We have them on TV. We have them on the radio. We have them in print. Uh, BillOReilly.com is our nexus. That's where I live. Spread the world. So here is a terrible story, but it just epitomizes the progressive leadership. So the other day in New York City, two guys were nailed with $1.2 million worth of methamphetamine. If you know anything about meth, it ruins people's lives, like heroin, cocaine, fentanyl. All right, it's a horrible, horrible drug. Uh, $1.2 Luis Estrada, 19 years old, Carlos Santos, 34 years old, picked up by the authorities, immediately released, no bail, New York State. Now, they're suspected cartel members. They're never coming back. 1.2 million worth of methamphetamine, they walk. This is why New York City is in such distress. Why violent criminals are running wild? This is insane. 
Now, let's follow up to the two guys arrested for carrying 150,000 fentanyl pills in California. Fentanyl kills. All right. Jose Zendejas, 25, Benito Madrigal, 19. There they are. 150,000 fentanyl pills released without bail in Tulare County, California. Okay, here's what I said on June 29th. They let him go with no bail. The woman who did it is named Mickey Versi, V-E-R-I-S-S-I-M-O, Tulare County Court Commissioner. She ordered them released, no bail. Now, this is madness. This should be a crime, what this woman did. It's not, should be. These people are going to skip. And they have. They're gone. So the court set a bail at $2.15 million, okay, after they examined the evidence. Did it take that long? June 29th to, uh, where are we now? Uh, July uh, 12th. Did it take that long to examine 150,000 fentanyl pills? So they went to pick these guys up. They're gone. And they never come back. They're cartel members. You idiots. California, Illinois, New York, the worst. Top to bottom. And they're getting people killed. They're getting people killed. Can you imagine this? Heavyweight dope dealers? Go ahead, just skip. And they know they're not coming back. They know it. They let them go. Oh, my God. And that's the country we live in today. You want this to continue? There should, progressive left candidates shouldn't get one vote. They should be shut out. No one should vote for them. All right, let's go to Japan, guns, and the assassination of former Prime Minister Abe. Really terrible. July 8th, he's given a campaign speech in Nara. Some guy comes up behind him, shoots him twice in the back, and Abe is dead. And this is a shock because Japan has the toughest gun laws in the world. And, um, you know, it's incredible that in Japan you can't get a gun or a sword um, and therefore gun violence is very low. Now, the reason that uh, Tashuya Yamagami, uh, 41 years old, shot uh, Abe is because of some kind of crazy religious cult. Okay? So, uh, put it up on the screen. Here's uh, the law in Japan where you can't have firearms there. I mean, it says no one possesses a firearm or a sword. Citizens are permitted to possess firearms for hunting and sport shooting, but only after going through a lengthy licensing procedure. A shooting range test must be passed to the mark at least 95%. Mental health evaluation must be conducted at a hospital. So nobody has guns or swords. And um, in population Japan, 125 million in 2021, 10 shootings one gun-related death. Because it's, if you have a gun or a sword, a samurai sword, I mean, I don't even know if you can have one of those decorative ones. And those Japanese catch you, penitentiary bound. I mean, you're, you're out of there. And the culture isn't 
uh, gun-oriented anyway. Now, I tell you all this because Abe is dead and a loon killed Abe, and the people who think that depriving the United States of the right to bear arms will stop the loons, it won't. It will not. If the loon wants to kill you, the loon will find a way to kill you, just as Abe's assassin did in Japan, where it is so hard. But the loon is going to do murder if the loon is bent on doing it. So these people who are screaming, no, we have to ban, 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 all right, you're not going to stop loons. Now, tomorrow I'll have some interesting stats on the AR-15. It was banned for 10 years in the USA. Okay, I'll have some uh, interesting stats for you on that. All right, down in Texas, they're uh, fed up with the uh, open border, as everybody knows. So the governor, Greg Abbott, has issued the executive order GA-41, which essentially says to uh, Texas authorities, you can detain migrants. You can detain them. Now, what does detain mean? It means you can put them in a county jail. And then after you establish the fact that they're in Texas illegally, you take them back to the nearest boarding crossing and drop them there. But what I don't know and what we can't find out, because I don't even think Texas has clarified it, is, all right, so you get a bus and you drive these migrants back from Austin or Dallas or Houston or wherever to the closest port of entry to Mexico, and you drop them off there, well, how do you know they go back to Mexico? You can't force them because that's federal territory. And the federal government, by the Constitution, has jurisdiction over migrants. See? Now, what I think Abbott's doing is he's basically saying, we're going to give the migrants a hard time by detaining them and then bussing them back and dropping them there because we don't want hundreds of thousands of migrants crossing into Texas. I think that's what this is. We're giving them a hard time. Now, the Justice Department, as we reported last week, is uh, looking into investigating the state of Texas for violations because of Operation Lone Star, which ties into all of this. So this sets up a clash between the Biden administration and the state of Texas. And it's going to get into, I think, Supreme Court level. Because Abbott is basically running for re-election. He is saying, I don't want these migrants in Texas. I'm going to do everything I can, spend billions of dollars to get them out of here. And the federal government said, you don't have jurisdiction to do that. So big story, important story. All right, State Department says to uh, U.S. citizens, avoid Tijuana and Rosarito, uh, Mexico. All right, this is in the Baja area um, because everybody's getting shot there. So they don't want you to get shot and kidnapped and everything else. So I'll tell you again, I am not traveling to Mexico. I don't think I will ever again go there in my life. I've been all over Mexico. Beautiful country. Nice people. But I'm not going again. Two reasons. Number one, it's so corrupt now under this current president who's coming to see Biden tomorrow into D.C. We'll cover that for you. It's so corrupt, so dangerous, cartels run that country. I'm not going to a country that's run by drug cartels. Not going there. Bolivia, not going. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. 
If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. Texas wind power. So down in Texas, I got a lot of friends down there. It is hot, as it is every summer, but now it's really hot. So about 15% of uh, electricity in Texas is generated by wind or solar. Now, there's plenty of sun, but there's no wind. So wind turbines are operating at 8% of their potential output during this hellacious heat wave in Texas. These little windmills. Only 8% there is their output. So there have been almost 6,500 brownouts across the state of Texas where you lose air because the windmills can't supply the energy needed. This is the Green New Deal stuff. Amazing. Dartmouth study. So Dartmouth is an Ivy League college in New Hampshire, very liberal. They do a study on how much damage fossil fuel emissions are doing to the planet. Now, I'll submit to you that this study was designed to say to all of us, global warming is a threat and it's man-made and you should do whatever the progressive left wants you to do. That's why the study was designed. But it's interesting what they found out. So the biggest emitters in the world are USA, China, India, Russia, and Brazil. The biggest emitters of fossil fuels into the air that are uh, hurting the ozone layer and causing the earth to warm. All right, now in the USA, we're trying to mitigate that. And sometimes that has hurt our economy, which we really can't afford. But in India, which will soon become the world's most populated country, according to our international partner, Daily Chatter, next year, India is going to have more people than anybody else on the planet. India, China, and Russia aren't cooperating with anything. Nothing. Though they're, they're putting coal out there, 
anything that they, they need to power. And they're not going to hurt their economies. Russia economy is faltering because of Ukraine. India is a mess. The biggest polluter on the face of the earth by far is India. And China's economy is going like this too. They're not going to do anything. So it all falls on USA. And Brazil's not going to do anything. Come on. And to me, as I am an environmentalist, I want the United States to lead the way. But you can't punish the American citizen in doing so. Hey, Texas, you know, I respect the wind turbines down there, but you need air conditioning. Okay, U.S. Central Command announces another ISIS leader has been waxed. He's off the face of the earth. A drone hit him. His name is Mar al-Agal, A-G-A-L. There he is. He's dust. Okay, good. And Killing the Killers goes into how the USA is doing this with the drones. Okay? Now, a lot of people say Biden, Biden, Biden. Biden kept in place the drone warfare and the hunt for ISIS al-Qaeda. That has not been dismantled. So the same people that were doing it on Trump were very effective, are still there. So say goodbye to Mahar al-Agal. I wouldn't want to be where he is right now. He's dead. And please read Killing the Killers, and you'll find out exactly what the USA is doing in your name to protect you. Richest counties in America. All right, here they are. Number 15, Somerset County, New Jersey. All right, it is a suburb of New York City. Morris County, New Jersey, same. Hunterdon County, New Jersey, same. Then we go to San Francisco County. Los Alamos County, New Mexico is, I didn't know that. This is northwest of Santa Fe, the 11th richest county. I did not know that in the USA. Nassau County, where I am right now. Douglas County, Colorado, 40 miles south of Denver, suburb of Denver. Second crew, number eight, Marin County, just there, very affluent place over the Golden Gate Bridge. Arlington County, Virginia, you know that, right outside of D.C. Howard County, Maryland, right outside of D.C. Fairfax County, Virginia, right outside of D.C., San Mateo County, directly south of San Francisco, Santa Clara, that is between San Francisco and Monterey, Falls Church, Virginia, right outside of D.C., and number one, richest county in the U.S.A., Loudoun County, where they had all that problem in the schools, that is a suburb of D.C. as well. Beautiful place, Loudoun County. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine, enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to The Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, final thought of the day, the smart life. So it's really bad in America now. It'll get better, but it's going to be a while, and we're going to be absorbing pain. Money is important. It provides you with security. It provides you with peace of mind. Don't waste money. So I'm going to give you tips under the Smart Life banner to save money, okay? We'll do it two times a week, 
We'll have a lot of tips on the website. If you have tips, please send them to us and share it with the rest of the world. Bill at BillOReilly.com again. Okay, let us know. We'll post them. Okay, so uh, over the weekend, I took the urchins for breakfast about, I don't know, a quarter of a mile from my house. And uh, they go in and they immediately they order $2.50 orange juice. Okay, so little cup, two fifty, Tropicana. I saw them pour it, not fresh squeezed. Okay, today I went on the internet, and fifty six, fifty eight ounces of Tropicana, three bucks. So my urchin spend five bucks on little cups when you could get fifty eight ounces, and we have it in the refrigerator. We have it. So I looked at him and go, what are you doing? We have OJ in the refrigerator. What? What? What is this? Five bucks on fire. Then they order their entrees, what they wanted for breakfast, and then they order a side of corned beef hash. Now, the side of corned beef hash in the place is good, but they didn't want to change the menu prices, so they cut the size in half. It's nine bucks. And why you used to get a pretty good portion of corned beef half, you don't any longer. And they didn't even eat it. They were full from the pancakes and the omelet. I'm sitting there going, all right, let's add it up. Nine bucks and five bucks and 14 bucks, you just set on fire. And they did. And now the eye roll is the eye roll. (laughs) Now, okay, this is what I'm talking about. The urchins have no blanking clue. They work. They have to in my house. But dad pays the breakfast tab. But it's that kind of waste. You've got to be thinking about value. You've got to be thinking about this. Because the money just flies right out the window for no reason. You've got a giant jug of Tropicana. Oh, they have that little cup for $250. Now, the only good news is the people who own a restaurant are good people. Okay, and they're struggling too. It's not a big elaborate place, so okay. You know, they got an extra 14. <laughs> I made a joke out of it, but I, I still got the eye roll. I still <laughs> I got a videotape the eye roll sometime. All right, thank you uh, for watching and listening to the No Spin News. We'll see you tomorrow.